Health information technology has long been believed to be the key to unlocking ways not only to improve patient care, but to save money. But achieving this in an industry as complex and large as healthcare has its challenges, particularly in U.S. hospitals where the infrastructure is perhaps the most challenging and changing the most rapidly. Welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter for the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Richard Umdenstock. He's the president and CEO of the American Hospital Association, a trade association that represents 5,000 U.S. hospitals and healthcare systems. Prior to his role, Mr. Umdenstock was executive vice president of Providence Health and Services, which in its own right is a very large 27 hospital system in the northwest of the United States that includes hospitals in Washington, Alaska, Montana, Oregon, and California. Mr. Umdensack is a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives, serves on the National Quality Forum Board of Directors, and is a member of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Committee of 100, and he joins us today from the AHA's offices in our nation's capital. Rich Umdenstock, welcome to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD. Thank you very much, Bruce. Well, so if you could start by giving us the lay of the land and in health information technology, because it appears, you know, even for a consumer or a patient or a doctor that it engages in the system, that they see this when they go to their hospital, that this is changing constantly, but yet technology is rapidly changing and there are constantly people talking about issues and complications for achieving the goals that your members want. It's true that our hospitals are full of technology. And historically, we have really focused on and I think done a very good job on keeping up with the latest in the clinical realm of technology. But in the last 10 years, it has become very clear that information technology, the automation and movement of information, has become extremely important for a variety of reasons. And we have not been as far along in the adoption of health IT for a number of reasons. But we need health IT to help us move information to the right place at the point of care so that patients and clinicians can make the right choices and the right decisions. Health IT can take the form of individual departmental systems, a laboratory, pharmacy, emergency room, and so on. But ultimately, what we'd like to see is for all of them to come together in a coordinated sense so that we produce what people commonly refer to as the electronic medical record. That's quite a challenge inside of an organization as diverse and complex as hospitals, but it's even more of a challenge to think about connecting a hospital to physicians' offices in the community, to visiting nurse home care or long-term care facilities, and so on, so that you truly get to a community-wide or region-wide electronic medical record. And then lastly, there's even the dream of being able to move that information across the country for both clinical use, depending upon where the patient is getting their care, but also for research and best practices learning. The challenge is, do all of these systems readily connect one with another? And historically, the answer has been no. So that connection and what we call interoperability is extremely important, and it's a challenge for us to envision getting from where we are to a truly interoperable national health information network. Well, are there any parts of the country, if you could, 
give us an idea. Maybe there are some systems out there that are doing something that would seem to be the goal in certain regions. Because I know that, and I know what you're talking about with the interoperability issue. I mean, if you're in Chicago and you have uh, Advocate Healthcare and it certainly has its own electronic health record, but then you have another system that has another electronic medical record. Is that what's going on? Well, yes. Organization by organization, we see a lot of progress. So inside of a large complex hospital entity, some of the teaching systems in Boston or New York, or as you mentioned in Chicago, we do see lots of progress in terms of connecting the various parts of those integrated delivery systems together. What we see less often these days is then connectivity across those systems in a given community. So I'm not a technical whiz, but uh, I use the metaphor of communications. And if it is a system that only works inside of one building, it's more of an intercom. If it's a system that works across buildings, it's more of a telephone network. And so we're doing well in building those systems within each organization, much better than we ever have before. But we also need to be thinking about how to move that information across settings in a given community. And that happens less rarely. It is happening in some areas. The federal government in the last two years has tried to emphasize the development of what are called RIOs, regional health information organizations, so that patients in a given geography can count on that information being moved to the location of their care and it's not being facility dependent. But we see a lot less of that while people are really trying to do a, a better job within their own home organizations. So we have to work on both levels. Is there some sort of a government program or potentially uh, government reimbursement if, let's just say there were some physicians or providers listening to our program, if they wanted to look into how they could maybe get something like this rolling? The funding for RIOs and for regional collaboration has been very limited. It was a concept that was promoted, but not one with an explicit funding source. There are some funds available, public and private, for demonstration purposes, but not a national financial commitment. Now, some areas have taken it upon themselves to try to get this going. I was fortunate enough to be part of an effort such as that in Spokane, Washington, where the major sponsors of hospitals, there are two major systems in that community, and in the mid-90s, they decided to pool their common budgets and invest in a single IT system that would be common to their hospitals, and then eventually they brought in rural hospitals in the region. So today there are over three dozen hospitals all buying services from what essentially looks a lot like a community-based utility for health information. Now that's one way of doing it, but it's very difficult to envision that in a Chicago or a Boston or a other large metropolitan area where you don't have two major systems, but you've got a dozen or so major systems with significant investments already made. One answer and one approach isn't going to work in every setting, but it's that kind of creativity and commitment that we need to foster. Well, if you're just joining us or if you're new to our channel, you're listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and with me today is Rich Umdenstock. He's the president and CEO of the American Hospital Association, and we're talking about one of the biggest challenges in hospitals today is to 
develop health information technology so everybody's communicating with everybody. And we are talking about some of these challenges and some success stories out there. And I guess, Rich, if you could, is there a certain thing that perhaps doctors or doctor groups could do to help the situation with hospitals and healthcare systems that want to do this? I mean, are there certain things that go on in organizations that, you know, are either hurdles or certainly models where people could get on board and start to get some of this done? Well, there are a couple of significant steps that could be taken. Number one is for physicians and hospitals that work together most often, that is for those physicians that work primarily at a given hospital or two, I think a dialogue at the local level around what types of IT systems they are going to invest in would be useful so that they make sure that they're complementary. Now, hospitals and physicians in the typical model are independent economic entities. So there are questions about how far hospitals and physicians can go around, you know, exclusively buying certain products and so on that we want to be cautious about and do it in the right way. But to the extent that people can plan together and collaborate so that we minimize the amount of interfaces that have to be built and maintained in order to get disparate systems to talk together, the more the information will flow and the less the cost incurred will be. So that's one thing, joint planning and collaboration at the local level. A second is advocating for funding in order to be able to invest in these systems in the first place. These are not inexpensive. It's not an inconsequential investment for the average physician office a practitioner or two or three. And it's not inexpensive for hospitals. And we see that our smaller and rural hospitals are having a very hard time coming up with the initial capital to invest and then to maintain these expensive systems. So it's our belief that there ought to be support to help jumpstart this movement toward more connectivity. And certainly physicians and hospitals can work together in the public policy realm to advocate for that as well. Yeah, because I think on the physician side, there is a pilot program that I think just about any physician could participate in to get some funding or bonuses for electronic medical records, I think. But I don't know on the hospital front if that exists. Not on the hospital side. And so that's why we do think that some new funding is essential. But obviously, in return for that funding, it's incumbent that we show a return on that investment as well because downstream we should be able to achieve some efficiencies in our administrative and data gathering systems and ultimately use the data that's produced in these systems to build more efficient delivery of care. So there definitely has to be that payback, but the hard part is the initial investment. Are there any states out there or any bills where there is work being done on creating a uniform medical record that basically everybody should have and be able to send around from one provider to another? I'm not aware of any current consensus on what the elements of an electronic medical record should be. That's been a a very hard thing to come to. And part of the challenge is that an awful lot of hospitals and large physician groups have already made investments in what we call proprietary systems, privately owned Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. developed systems that aren't designed from the beginning to work together. So everybody has an answer that works for them. It's just not a common template or format that cuts across all of these systems. So one of the things that the American Hospital Association is working very hard on is to try to get consensus around 
national standards for what should be in such an electronic record, and frankly, even down to how do we define each data point so that they're common across these different systems so that it can move from one to the other and actually fit. You know, we don't have a bunch of square pegs and round holes as we try to move data elements across systems. So standards are extremely important, but we're a ways away from them. Well, this has been very interesting. Health information technology has been our topic. I'd like to thank Rich Umdenstock, who's been our guest. He's the CEO of the American Hospital Association, which is helping 5,000 of its member hospitals push for health information technology and specifically the electronic medical record that will benefit consumers and patients. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to Inside Healthcare on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. And I would like to thank you today for listening.